What is the role of a mentor? So many people have a wrong perspective of what mentors do to your life. According to Fira, a mentor is someone that will challenge you, ask you questions, and guide you to get you unstuck. And no, a mentor's job is not to give you the answer. Fira is currently regional HR director of Arlila Indonesia, and she is also chairperson of Human Resources Association of Bali. In this conversation, she touched on the role of mentors and the importance of networking the right way. Well, let's cue the intro and jump straight into the conversation. So the big question is this, how is it possible that shy and socially awkward individuals like us can have the confidence to approach a stranger and strike a meaningful conversation? To have the ability to network and connect with yourself so that you can network and connect with others. To not only survive, but thrive in this noisy world and be the connector you're meant to be. And at the same time, be the truest, most authentic version of yourself. That's the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Ping Hendra and welcome to Network and Connect Podcast. I ended up in psychology major uh, in this particular university um, because I would like to see how I can understand me first. Because, you know, typical 18 years old, 19 years old, you don't know who you are, you don't know what you want to be. And then my need at that time was to understand who I am at that time and then how am I going to take control of my own life. So I thought while I'm going to school, let me just might as well learn about me. So, you know, that was that was the big take from that. And then I learned to network, I learned to use my skills, I learned to be uh, someone who who can speak. Um, I was a little bit shyer, uh, much on the earlier days. Um, not shy, less assertive. I have a lot of things in my brain, but I didn't really speak up. So I, I did learn about that. So after I quit, uh, I finished uh, school. Um, my main reason to go to Bali was because I need to get out of the same environment in the past 20 years. So I went to a totally different environment because I just needed the change. And it's not uh, normal in, 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 in my home country, in, in, in my town, for a girl uh, of 20, 22 years old to leave the house unmarried and just explore. I mean, it's, it's really, really uh, out of culture. So it was not easy to do that, um, um, especially to get the blessings. You need to get the blessing from your parents, right? So I did that. I got the blessings. Um, they blessed me and then they stopped me at the same time, but it's okay. <laughs> so um, they gave the blessings and then they, they, they stopped me. They pretty much come to the, to the island uh, once a month just to check on me. Am I still alive? Am I still eating well? Do I have food three times a day kind of thing? So, yeah. Um, and then why did I work in HR as a psychology major? It's no particular reason. Um, first and foremost, I like uh, hospitality business. Once I tried on uh, on me, it suits me. You know, it's like wearing uh, your favorite shirt over and over again. That's how I felt with hospitality at that time. So I decided to stick around. Um, I moved to different hotels because when I felt comfortable with the environment, um, I never moved because I was not comfortable with my current situation. I always moved uh, out because I felt that I have outgrown my current uh, 
aquarium. I don't want to be at the same aquarium when I need it to have a bigger uh, aquarium or a different aquarium. Um, HR is, uh, fits my need to always uh, check on me as a person and my relationship with other people because when you are in HR, you are, uh, you are not forced. You are reminded by your own self at work and at home to always align your behavior. I mean, you cannot tell people to be disciplined if you are not yourself. You cannot uh, invite people to be creative if you don't apply creativity in your own life. So, you know, uh, you walk the talk. It's, it's, so, it's so HR. You don't have to be the CEO or you don't have to be the vice president of HR. I mean, being a simple HR clerk, you still need to do everything. You, you lead by example. You cannot tell people to not come to work late if you are coming to work late. So, you know, it's, it's a simple way to always have your own personal check and balance. And, and by doing that, you become a better person for yourself. You become a better person for your own family and for your environment. So it's sort of like, you know, when you work, you want to reach a certain level of happiness. And when you feel good about yourself, you are happy. And this is how I think I feel happy about myself. To do the job that matters to me and to people around me and to the people at work. Gitu. So, I mean, choose HR if you want to be a better person. That's my motto. There you go. <laughs> I, I catch earlier when you said that when you were, you know, back then when you were a teenager, you're still a teenager now, but younger days. Thank you. How uh, you said about how you uh, weren't as assertive, right? Mm. And, and you, you, you have a lot of things in your mind and you don't want to, I mean, it's, it's hard for you to speak up, I guess. Right? Yeah. What did you do personally to break out of that? Mm, what did I do? It's, it's, it's a lifelong journey, basically. But uh, the key was when I changed my environment. So uh, pre and post uh, Bali, um, I can say that I um, have a different way of self-control and different way of uh, putting meaning to my options. So pre-Bali, I thought to myself that my life is not within my control. There are forces. So if I do speak up, it doesn't really matter anyway. So that's, that's where I was like less assertive. And then I've decided to change that by, for me, it was the decision to change the environment. So my formula was, if I change my environment, if I start new, then I promise I can uh, be more assertive and I can do what I think I need to do. So there we go at the time. So I changed my environment. I made a promise to myself. I will do what I think I should do. So then I did that. It was difficult because then I have to be accountable for my own actions, right? Before other people or other forces of nature would do that for me. But then when I was in Bali, I need to decide how can I spend the money that I have, the little money that I have from my first few salaries to survive the whole end of the month, for example. So 
then 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 I learned to be creative much more than I was before uh, in a way to survive. So creative for survivals. Um, I did uh, a lot of moonlighting jobs to make ends meet. Um, I basically forced myself to speak to people that I don't think have anything to do with me, but I think it's going to be good for networking. So if you're talking about uh, personality type A or type B, whereby A is more the um, assertive part and then B is more introverted. So I'm introverted actually. I'm a very much introverted person. I keep my my thoughts to my own self um, and I have very small group of friends up until now um, and other people are colleagues basically. So it's either close friends or colleagues. Not so much variation in between. And you cannot change that, it's character. But I have learned to manage uh, how I can do my job, how I can make people comfortable, and I am comfortable when speaking to them um, through practice. So this is actually the result of practice. Great, it's, it's, uh, it's a challenge for most people. I don't wanna say, uh, because I personally, I don't believe in introverted or extroverted, uh, mm-hmm. because, you can be you can be an extrovert and you want your own alone time and you just sure. you just don't want to meet people just want to you just want to be yourself and you can be an introvert as most people say um and then when you meet a person that you click you can be the most extroverted person out there and the most outspoken the most fun right I think it's about energy. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question now. So the mm-hmm. question is uh, going to you. Great. Um, <laughs> so when do you feel that you get charged, uh, your energy? In what kind of activity you did in a day that at the end of the day, you felt that you've, you are more energized than before? For me, it's when I learn. Simple. When you learn. When I learned, so at every activity that I did, um, I reframe mm. myself as it's a learning thing. So when I meet a person and when I speak to that person, I reframe myself. Okay, is this is an opportunity for me to learn about that person? Right. Okay. Right. If I so then you feel with, energized. Then I feel energized. So I reframe it into. I just say, okay, this is a chance for me to learn. When I read my books. It's learning for me. When I watch uh, some TV shows, I, I say to myself, okay, what can I learn from this episode or this show that I can apply for my life? And when I meet a person, I say, okay, what can I, what can I learn from this person? Or maybe questions that I ask that, um, you know, the, the replies that he or she gave me will be something that I can learn from. Yeah. So yeah. it means so, you're energized when you get to be involved with your uh, thought process and you can extract learning from any type of activity or interaction. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, it's simple. I enjoy, for example, just just one activity, um, giving training, Mm. uh, sharing, right? Mm. So, you know, there's, there's a group of, uh, colleagues in front of me and then I need to share a certain thing or I need to to put on the, the training uh, material and then I began my training. The process of the interaction 
energized me the 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 activity of 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 the the brain exercise energized me but having to cater my attention to people the activity of listening um, is wearing me out quicker than if i do learning uh, in a different way for example i would love learning by what you said watching youtube or watching a movie documentary that give me a lot more easier energy but when i learn through peer uh, at the end of the day all i want to do is just be in my corner with my own book with my tea and then leave me alone i don't want to speak to people for uh, half an hour i need to calibrate myself and then i can be hey yeah so i think it's it's about energy right how how you get energized how how you get fueled and how you spend your fuel right that's yeah. good that's really really good uh something that also um i want to explore further about energy right so now my question to you is when when did you discover that this um this is something that drains you out i mean listening for example for your case is it mm. is it by uh by accident or you just have to like uh you think about it methodically and then mm-hmm. you realize okay this is something that is um wearing me down right um i actually one of the company that i work for um have us took a, a personality profiling uh activity and that profiling was about uh how you manage your energy so um it's about um seven different aspects of your energy management it's about your preference on how to spend the energy so we did that through peer activity uh for two days each of us took a battery test of 100 questions you know and then we got our results and the results was basically for us to use them in how to speak to each other and how to listen to each other because sometimes you just want to speak to other people and you push the wrong buttons and you end up getting nothing out of them so this is about understanding how other people prefer to spend their energy and how you get the most out of that so it's basically like learning to listen and read uh, other people's preferences so there are four thinking preference and then three behavioral preferences on that battery test so the thinking preferences are the structural how you want to think structurally and then uh, analytical how you analyze things so the question would be why right uh the conceptual of thinking preference means you always want to see who hasn't done this before or what else can we do differently so it's conceptually you want to see what is out there it's more abstract and then also social thinking preference uh who would like this uh who can i work with so it's about relational thing uh, are people going to be happy with my decision uh, am i going to be comfortable with this or outward and inward it's about relations so that's the thinking preference for um you cannot really see thinking preference because thinking is in the brain so um then there is the three behavioral preferences means like how i behave so uh behavioral preferences can be how you are assertive 
um, how you are um, flexible, right? And then there is another one is how you are basically um, um, when you come into a different environment, how you can be more quick to adapt or you just want to be wait and see. So that's like a behavioral thing. So for example, flexibility, um, in my result, in my battery result, I took the test two times in 10 years span, it didn't change. So it's like my, my thinking and my behavioral preference doesn't really change much. It's just my character. Uh, I am very, uh, my flexibility level is in a very uh, uh, strict level. I am not easy to sway. So when there is a spectrum, I'm someone who, when I think A, I, I, I'm, it's not easy for me to change my mind. Uh, but then, um, when I am meeting, be assertive as well. I will make sure you know what I think. I will say it to you. I will let you know, even though uh, you don't like it, I will make sure that I can speak out. Um, that changed a little bit from the 10 years before, which is going from the, sometimes I have to wait and see, and then um, right now I am more in the, uh, 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 I don't have to wait and see, I will basically just do it. I will just say my mind. Um, in terms of being in a new environment, I tend to be someone who would see what is my role in that new environment. If I am asked to be the leader, then I play that role. If I am to be the follower role in that environment or just to enjoy, then I will just do do it. I will not just steal the show. That's that's how I prefer. I'm not going to be the same person in different events, for example. I will make sure that how the event wants me, I will do that accordingly. In my thinking preference, uh, relations is not my main preference. It's actually the least preference I have in terms of thinking. <laughs> and you wonder I work in human resources and train people but I did it anyway so it's about energy I I manage my relationship well it drains my energy but because I manage it in the most structural way which how I prefer to think structurally and uh, in a concept so I do structure and I do concept side by side I, I like to think about new ideas and I want to make it happen. Sometimes I forgot how people feel about that. And that's why when I uh, ask people to join working with me as my assistant or as my part of my team in, in, in a project, I would make sure I, I have people who thinks relational. One of them or two of them needs to be people who thinks about what other people think. So then I make sure somebody else is balancing me out, not only talking about how we do this or how best we do this, but we also think about would people feel comfortable, who would like this idea, and um, you know, all the feeling and all the touches that we need to have. So yeah, uh, um, that's how I realized that managing energy is one of the most important things because as you said, you can be anything you want. You, you don't have to be introvert and do introvert you can just manage it you can just like realize where you are and then you can just decide what you want to do about it you can switch it on you can switch it off it's your choice 
You cannot be like, oh, I'm introvert, therefore I don't want to meet people. It doesn't work. The world doesn't work that way. The world works with, okay, I don't like to talk to people, but my job requires me to do so. How do I do this? So that's, that's what I start. <laughs> so for those of you that uh, didn't know, okay, Vera is also the chairperson of HR Association of Bali. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, Vera, perhaps you can uh, explain to to the listener what HRA is and the mission and and how what makes you wants to start this um, this association. Hmm. Yeah. Well, this can go on all night. Um, so, Human Resources Association is like a small little group of uh, HR people. Uh, predominantly those who live in Bali uh, or who has lived in Bali and doing the job of HR. So it's it's a friendship uh, and camaraderie uh, uh, association. It's, it's not about something that you want to change the world. It's not about you want to challenge the the status quo or you want to be the sounding board of the government. We're, we're not about that. We're about... Uh, 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 the community, we are about uh, supporting each other and we are about being there for each other and most importantly is uh, about giving each other an opportunity to grow because um, the the pot is very small in human resources world. You don't get to see that many people and when you do see people, you want to see them as talented as or as potential as and growing the best they can. Um, but you can't really do that when you're working for different companies. So the solution was basically to let's let's be together as a fellow professional and then let's see how we can learn from each other beyond the boundaries of the companies that, that, that give us the payroll. So so it's it's mutually beneficial for everyone. Um, back in the year 2012. Um, uh, I already joined this association led by uh, the HR mentors at that time. Um, and then there was a, a, a need to change uh, the leadership committee of the association. And I was part of it. Um, they, they decided that it was me and uh, the other group of colleagues at that time who should take on the, the leadership role of the association. Um, and the good thing about this association is uh, no one is off like a chairmanship, you know, the title doesn't really matter. It's about being a part of the community. So the leadership we always call us is the leadership committee of HR Association. And then no decision will be made without everybody saying yes and feeling comfortable with that decision. Because it's not about the one-man show organization, it's about everybody feeling good about what we are going to do together as a team. So, so it started in the year 2012. Before that, I was not really into this kind of gathering things. Because I was still focusing on... Uh, being with my own company and then dedicating as much energy and time possible to my own company, which was needed at the time because I was working for a hotel that was opening uh, and transitioning from pre-opening to open to stability. So it took a lot of time and energy at that time. But then um, as my career grew, um, I got a different type of exposure in my job. 
um, I got to work with two different GMs for two different uh, properties at that time. So the second GM that I worked with, um, I I sort of like felt comfortable uh, in bouncing back different and crazy ideas with him. So then I asked him a question like, hey, do you think it's crazy for me to do two hotels as HR cluster? And then yet um, I'm now being appointed to support with the association's uh, general management uh, for the association activities. He said like, no, it's, it's, it's really cool. You get to network, you get to... Uh, be influential in in the development of others people beyond your own company. I know that you get bored doing the same thing over and over, so this is a nice change for you. And then, yeah, actually, I started to get bored. So you know, I took the chance, I took the opportunity, and then um, walking into the unknown, being part of the associations committee, and then because of remember my preference of thinking is structure. But also, I prefer to do things differently, uh, searching for new concepts. So when I joined and I was part of the HR Association Committee, the first thing I think about is, what can we do differently? What can we do to refresh this? What can we, how can we make sure that we attract more uh, uh, interest to share? So back then, the association had uh, around 30 to 40 leaders, HR leaders, who regularly join the meetings. But then after like um, 12 months of our new leadership, um, we grow that into regularly 60 to 70 people each offline meeting. And then after that, the, the third year, so 12, 13, 14. Yeah. 2014, every time we did a regular meeting, so this is like a normal meeting when you talk about progresses, sharing a government update, you will always have like between 85 to 100 plus people. And that's like people who would like to come and network and talk about uh, what is out there. Sometimes sharing job vacancies. Um, sometimes uh, sharing great candidates like hey I know someone who's looking for a job and I know that you're looking for one so it's what it's a lot more about helping each other so after that in the year 2015 we decided to do something big so we uh, uh, we make sure that we have a schedule and then we make sure that we have every time the meeting of 100 to 120 people, and then we would make sure we have guest speakers. So we became a bit more scheduled and uh, 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 structured. Before that, it was like, okay, because we did not have enough uh, people in, in our committee who does things, so we would do things in our spare time. So when you ask, like, how do you get the energy? when I have one. If we don't have one, we would put the association on the side and then we will focus on our jobs. Um, so the 2015 was basically like the milestone that we decided, okay, let's get serious on this one. Uh, then we, um, we sort of like did a little bit of reshuffling of the organization and then find people who can complete each other, different skill set. So my skill set was to conceptualize idea and put the generic structure and then we would need the executors and we need people who who like to make sure that people can engage and enjoy joining our event so we have all those thinking preference in mind um, and then 
you know the association grow after that we now have uh, 250 members um, uh, consists of HR leaders uh, 500 HR leaders from 250 hotels restaurants uh, destinations uh, basically uh, around Bali but also we have one in uh, Jakarta we have one in Lombok so we have several people from outside the Bali island um, we have regular uh, conventions, so big meeting of 300 to 400 people yearly. Unfortunately, this year we will probably have to skip that one. Um, so we have the, also the HR Academy, the learning ground for the young HRs. That was one of the mission. We have started that three years ago. So since uh, 2017, we have now uh, um, uh, shared knowledge to around uh, 70 young HR colleagues on this island and that actually helped us because the minute we need talent we know who are qualified we have been in touch with them we have been sharing knowledge and information with them so it's not about coaching because we make sure that we respect the company's investment on each of the persons but networking goes a lifetime so you get to meet someone in your class today you get to hire them the next three years we don't know and that's the same thing that we apply to our hr colleagues is basically um you know learn to network because that's as important as if not more important than your competencies in hr anybody can do payroll anybody can learn the labor law um anybody can do the calculations of severance pay benefits um, you get to learn those but networking is something that is an opportunity and when you do have the opportunities it's something that you need to grab and that's what i uh, we do in hr association we focus a lot on building community rather than focusing on oh this is the association it's not about that so our mission is about going inwards rather than exploiting outwards if, if you know what i mean yeah so so we want to make sure that we matter to our members not to anybody else yeah Great. so it's been fun yeah you're saying about how to network and networking it's uh, something that you will get for a lifetime right however that is something that not many people realize because uh, especially in this current world we are so used to everything instant right mm. Um, mm. you know friends request you get you get friends immediately uh you want you want you are hungry you want quick food instant noodles yeah uh yeah. junk food things like that uh you want everything yeah. you want instant instant gratification whereas um networking is something that is you can't even see right the potential of you and this person to have a relationship or, or at least doing something it's like way into the future Correct. Right. So what are some of the advice that you can give as an HR and as a person with psychology background on what you need um, on kids, uh, I don't want to say kids, but on young adults or people who just, mm. who just about to go to the, to the workforce, right? What the advice mm. do you want to give them when it comes to networking? Because one thing about networking is that it's not taught in school. It's a yep. life, lifelong skills, but it's not taught in school. So what are some of the advice that you can give them? Mm. Um, 
as, as, as you said that uh, we converse in a different way now. We have now everything spiritual and everything instant. Um, and that's why in the association we have been pushing for as many engagement as possible because as you said, we do not get this anywhere else. We can only get this in the real world. And um, um, what is the most interesting thing is you cannot really teach people to network other than asking them to join and network with you. So it's very interesting because we have uh, every generation represented in our association. We, we have those who are closing into their retirement age right now. Uh, which means they are, uh, like if not baby boomers, are the very early Gen Xers, um, up to the Gen Zs that is already on the workforce right now, the, the 20 plus years old. So um, it, it teaches us wisdom, it teaches the younger HR person uh, how to be patient, it teaches the more senior generation and how to share to different generations the same skill set, the same uh, job profile, but different way of doing things. And it's, it's basically like two ways. And once people realize that you actually get something out of those conversations, then, then you benefit from the networking. But um, networking is an effort. So it's not, it's not easy, even though you are an extroverted person. Yes, you enjoy being with other people, but if you don't get anything out of it, then you're just wasting your time. Networking, you know, the work, the word is net, and then working. So the net needs to work. <laughs> you cannot just have the net and the net doesn't work. So the net has to work. It has to mean something for you. And, and for, for those who are used to networking through this it's okay you can start from this you can start from virtual networking it works you get to meet people from different part of the world without having to see them but you cannot just do the net without it working for you you need to make sure that someday somehow this net will work for you because you're throwing a net it's, it's not a fish hook it's a net so the net gotta catch something. You may have to throw it hundred times, then it gets one for you. But you today different ways. You can do it online. It doesn't mean that networking means like face-to-face -face meeting. This is networking, right? What we do right now is networking. I get to know you, you get to know me, we get to remember things about each other. We may not be using it tomorrow, but we know we will have to make use of that information in the future either for the both of us, or we actually can connect us to other people. So, like, who knows? The, the, the possibility is endless. So, uh, I think for people who are very much used to doing things virtually, you need to use that as your base and you cannot stop there. So, I think that's the most important thing. You have the privilege to be born with technology. You are a tech, uh, 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 not tech savvy, but you are actually a tech-born person. You are born with you know, gadgets in your hands, use that as your foundation. But eventually, the need for you to be a social creature will ask you to have this meaningful conversation with others, not as much as only a, you know, a like or endorse or a, you know, a simple thumbs up. You know, it has to go beyond that to make the net works.
Right. And not just like follow me, like, comment, subscribe, right? But it's more than that, right? Yeah. 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 Definitely. So how do you juggle between um, time, right? Because starting an organization is not easy uh, or growing an organization from a couple of uh, maybe like 20 people to now like over 500 people, I should say. It's not easy. Uh, you, a lot of time commitment, I guess, and stress uh, on the side, right? You want to manage yourself. You want mm-hmm. to manage your, your, your members. And at the same time, you have to, you have a commitment with your work, right? With your, um, yeah. with, with, with whoever that employs you, right? In this case, Alila, right? So how do you yeah. juggle between those two? And at the same time, you also have family, right? How do you juggle between those yeah, three worlds? Um, again, it's about energy. So uh, I made a conscious decision to be much more involved in the association when I know that works would permit that. And how do I know that works would permit that? I reach uh, a certain level in my career where I do not have to be daily involved with operational matters, but I would play a role as much more as an advisor, much more as a, a HR strategy support. Uh, and um, uh, putting my time doesn't always mean I have to be present at certain place all the time. So, uh, so then at that time, I know I have the opportunity to, to control my time with the permission of my leaders. So everything that I do, I basically have to make sure that I do it on my spare time, meaning that it's beyond working time, weekends or in the evenings like this. Uh, And I need to make sure that I still perform in a way that I am required by the company and more. Because the way I believe with doing work, uh, I get remunerated, I get rewarded, from the energy that I spend for my company. So again, it's about energy management. And for me, it's not about how much I get paid. It's about how much more I can give for the company. So it's, it's always about, um, I, I would never say no to an assignment. That's the thing. Yeah, I would never say no to assignment. That's, that's on the work side. So um, whatever assignment comes to me, it will always come before the contract or before the race. So I basically do the job first, do the project first. And then when everybody sees that I'm accountable for that, then there is the evaluation. There is the reward. So I feel more comfortable to do that rather than the other way around, I ask for a promotion or a new job, then I have to prove myself that I'm worth it. For me, my, my, my self-satisfaction is knowing that I know I will be successful in that new role before they appoint me. So it's easier for me to, feel, to, to accept the new job when it comes. So fortunately, it always comes. Like, yeah, so far, so far it always comes the way that I thought it would go, Sometimes there is curveballs, but, you know, life is as it is, right? There are curveballs, you have to handle it. Um, So back to the association, um, um, working gives me energy because I do what I like. 
um, being in association gives me more energy to bring back to work because I feel energized in the weekends when I attend meetings or I arrange for things to happen. Uh, I get feedback from colleagues uh, who felt that being part of the association helped them grow as an HR person. So being in association energized me. So um, when there is energy, I would make time. I mean, there is 24 hours, you know, some of them you use for sleep. But other, other than that, you have all the time in the world to manage. All you have to do is just work with it. So, um, and of course, family, um, choosing the right partner and the right support system helps you also manage energy. So, you know when you are required in which of your roles and then you play your roles properly. That's how... That's how I do it. It's, it doesn't always go smoothly, but you know, you try, you fail, and you retry. So, um, so far, um, my mantra is to make sure that I only do the things that energize me. If there are things that doesn't energize me, I should not be focusing on that. So, so far, being part of the association is something that gives me pleasure, something that energizes the people around me, something that makes me become a better staff and a better uh, part of the family. So, you know, it's, it's, it's still all win-win. Seems that you are, you are doing so many things. Um, how do you manage your time between your involvement with your association, with your current employment, and with your um, family time? Yeah, um, I, I mean, I'm not doing this all by myself. We have we have a team in the association, so that's the fun part of it. So there is a group of people who has the same mindset as mine, um, and I am blessed to have found them. Or basically, like I think, op- not opposite attracts, so likeliness attracts. Um, so we have different skill set. We have different passion in terms of uh, uh, doing things. Uh, but then uh, we all get the energy from this purpose. So I think it's it's the same purpose that drives us together. Different skill set helps and the need to collaborate helps a lot. So you would know who can work with you this week. You would know who is busy preparing their budget. You would know who cannot come to meeting but can support with their concepts. So it's it's about um, managing a gig. It's, it's not about organization structure. No one has a strict job description. But everyone needs to play a role when they can. And when they can play a role, they will be very much accountable for what they are going to do. So that's our promise to ourselves. When we have the time, we will make sure we push for the results. But when we cannot afford the time, as you said, time is the most difficult thing to manage. Yes, we will be very upfront and then we will tell uh, to each other, like, look, I need to take a break for two days and I will be back online after that and then I will support again. So it's as simple as that. It's, it's just uh, 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 managing the traffic. And the good thing is everybody would know if this person is not available, this person will take over the load. And if no one having the same competency that we need, 
for example, like my beautiful Dewa was getting married and he's our tech guy. And, um, and the other person is also helping her friend being the bridesmaid. So it's a wedding season. Then we don't do any Zoom seminars. Easy. So, um, so the association is not about pushing for things to happen. It's about making things happening in the most beautiful way for everyone, uh, both the audience and the people who execute it. So we will make sure things are happening, but we will not put people's uh, main life in jeopardy because we want all people to feel good about this. So that's why we have people who, who can commit and who can collaborate in a way that let's manage all the time that we have like i have we have around 15 people that work together 15 times 24 hours means we don't have 24 hours we have more hours so you don't manage 24 hours of my own time we manage the 15 people times 24 hours so you can imagine you have more uh, possibilities if you think it that way perfect now i want to ask you a little bit more about your role, you said your role is an advisor role, right? Um, as of now, is that the same as perhaps kind of like mentoring or not? Or it's a, it's a completely different thing because from what I see, um, especially in, um, when it comes to companies, companies always talk about, oh, we need to do all this uh, competitive analysis, SWOT analysis, this and that. But we as a human being, we never do that for ourselves. We do that for companies, but we don't do that for ourselves, right? So, like, uh, like a company has advisors, right? Someone that 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 looks uh, high level, and then look at your uh, look at the the company, and then see what can we do to make it better. Okay, and we as a human being, we as a uh, for us, it's hard for us to. Sometimes it's hard for us to see what's beyond because we only we only know so much, right? So for for us to once to know what's beyond, we need someone to help us. Perhaps it's mentor, perhaps it's a coach, right? What is your uh, take on that? Since you are high level, uh, being a chairperson of a HR association, I I guess you are also considered by some of your members as mentors, as their mentors as well? Mm -hmm. um, so both at work and in the association, of course, I play a slightly different role. But um, I think, you know, talking about your own, uh, your own strength, sometimes it's not easy for Indonesian, for people like, like me, Asian. I mean, you're not too Asian, but you're a different type of Asian. So you know what I mean. I am very um, Asian. You are very Asian. Okay, good. Um, just checking. <laughs> um, so I think what makes you useful when you are in a role that is not focusing on operations is when you help people find their own answers. So as you if you asked me earlier, how, how do you help people solve their problems? But I don't help them solve their problems. They need to come up with the solutions. And uh, how they come up with their solutions is when I, I just simply ask questions. So, so what I do right now is I ask questions, I challenge the answers, and I help them find different 
uh, answers uh, by asking more different questions. So that's what I do most of the time. Um, but then um, knowing that I will always know the answer at the end of the day is important because you cannot just keep asking questions to people and, and let them just find their own way. So my role is to start with uh, the big picture and then at the end of the day, I have to make sure that we close the deal. I cannot leave things open. So we need to solve what we need to solve but we need to start with the right process. So I think that's, that's my role in, in both my organization. Um, the thing that I have to avoid doing is to micromanage, which because I am very much structured driven in the way I think, I tend to try help people to solve things. That's my tendencies, because I know how it's done. But then it will be uh, efficient, it will not be effective. Efficient means the job is done because I help them fix the problem or I tell them this is how you approach the situation. But then it will not be sustainable because then when I leave, they're not going to do it. If there is a different way of problems, then my solutions, my formula won't work and I'm not there, they cannot fix it. So. Um, with the different level of HR leaders in, in my company and also the different HR leaders that is part of the members of our association, that's also something that we, we exercise because each person has their own level of understanding and level of growth, right? So you cannot do one size fits all. And as you said, to grow the company, you need to grow the persons. And I think we need to start with the HR persons and mentoring HR person I think it's the most important thing because if we cannot have good HR person, who will mentor the staff? I mean, you got to mentor the mentor first, right? And I get to where I am because I get great mentors. I got mentors of a lifetime who always, uh, their words or their wisdom comes to me at any time I need. Not in a physical way. Sometimes just to look at them on Facebook and say hi and then there is one word of wisdom and then I'm back on track. It's just like, you know, you have this invincible safety line that you know is there when you need one. It's just a reach away. You're not dependent of that safety line, but you know it's dependable. It's accountable. So I think um, if, if being someone in a, in a higher level later on when you are a, a leadership in one organization or you are a leadership in, in your association or your community, uh, I think the most important role is to ask questions that lead people to their own answers. And if you are uh, good at doing that, if you are good at asking the questions, then you are actually doing mentoring. You know, there is, there is no real structure uh, in doing mentoring, if you don't go to school, you don't have the courses, just try this, asking the right questions, you know, to help people find their own answers. Great. So now that uh, we touch on about questioning, what are maybe uh, top, top five things, top five most effective questions 
for someone they are stuck. Okay, so for the 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 purpose of this of me asking you this is because I'm uh, I'm very confident that the listeners right now might have something going on in their life that needs to mm. be un uh, something that's stuck that needs to be unstuck. What are some of the questions that perhaps you can ask them indirectly? Maybe they can uh, pause this video or pause this uh, podcast and then they just stop and answer this question and maybe that will help them get unstuck. Right. So, what yeah. are what are yeah. top five things that you usually will ask? Yeah. Well, um, the first thing is why. Why do you do this? Yeah. Why is it important for me to think about this? So, why will be the first thing that is telling you if 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 you know the why, then it's your purpose. And if if you have your purpose, then you will have the second question. So the first thing is to understand why you are doing this that you are doing, or uh, why are you stuck? Uh, why are you not getting your promotion that you think you deserve? Right? Uh, or why do you feel that people does not respect you or people does not listen to you? Why? Um, and then there would come the other question. So if you answer your why, there will be different scenarios. So if you ask me, hey, Fira, why do you, why do, you do this uh, association, working for different uh, uh, hotels in, in one company? There are different people that you have to serve. Uh, you have your family and you are still doing this interview i mean there's a lot of things that you do and only one of them gets you paid every month why do you do this here so number one i can answer you know um i need to make sure that i'm still relevant and i need to make sure that people knows me so then when i don't have the job that i have now i get a different job opportunities so that's my first motive right a different way of answering, which I did answer already in the in the in the interview, was actually because it gave me energy. Everything that I did provide me with energy to support me with the other thing that I need to do. So I don't do it for the money. I don't do it for getting a different job. I do it for my energy. So you see how the difference of those two. Why do why do I do what I do, right? So if I answer the first one, then you might answer me the. Uh, sorry, the, the second one, you might uh, ask me with the question, oh, so are you thinking about leaving your company then, Fear? Well, you know, Ping, nothing is forever in this world, and then if the company doesn't treat me right, then of course I will leave. So that's the follow-up of that one. So then you would ask me another question. So you think your company is about to treat you not right? So it's a different line of questioning that, that comes out from my brain. So then my actions would be going that way. I would be then thinking about how to not be harmed by my current company by preparing my next life, even before I think about leaving. Whereby the other reasoning was basically to stay happy at my job, I need to also still do other things outside work that also energize me so then I can help each other to stay happy as a general. So 
always start with why because the next questions will be how you structure your own mind because if you don't structure your own mind properly then you would end up with as you said stuff because you only believe in one answer whereby you would probably get two different answers by asking different questions so uh, I, I think this is worth to try um, uh, I learned about this hmm. 15 years ago, um, I was on my way to back to Bali from my assignment in Singapore. I stopped at the bookstore and as usual, you know, you buy a book, you read it, and then you hopefully that when you finish, you land, right? Uh, so that, that book was uh, 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 asking the right question. So the title of the book is how to ask the right question in life. So then I got to learn about life uh, uh, from a structural way because you know all these motivational books usually teach you how to feel I don't I'm not really good at doing that but I know how to structure things so I structure my questions since then I always start with everything that I wanted to do with why do I do this or if I got stuck I would ask myself the question why do I feel I get stuck who makes me feel that I get stuck because most of the time, when you say that you are stuck, it's because you think you are stuck. Not because of the situation makes you stuck. You just think that you don't have the option. You actually have, you just don't want to take it. Most of the time when I speak and coach uh, anyone, I would like ask them, why do you feel that you don't have any options? Uh, what are the things that you know is out there but you don't want to consider? So uh, by doing that, then they would come up with the things that they have already brushed out, options they put on the closet, and then eventually they have to bring that option out because it's them, it's their own mind that puts that option away. They don't want to think about the option that was already there because of reasons like, oh, it's too difficult. Oh, my boss never tell me to do that. Oh, my... My spouse will not agree that I do that. Oh, I have to go to school to do that. Um, many other reasons. You just sometimes uh, have options that you don't think about. So first, ask the why. And then after that, you come up with the next question. So then how? How do you make sure that you do it? How do you make sure that you uh, achieve that, uh, that why? Yeah, so... If you find your why, you find why you get stuck, then you ask the same question again. So then, uh, why do I want to go to this place? Then you ask the next question, how do I go to this place? I think most of the time we got stuck because of our own mind gets stuck. So you, we need to unstuck our own mind first then we can go to the next level and then sometimes because we don't ask the same the right question then we don't get to help to get the help from the right people most of the time hr is not the person who will help you most of the time the people who will help you are the people who is around you at work or the people who is around you at home not hr hr doesn't know who you are hr doesn't know your life doesn't know your struggle but then 
sometimes you choose to take away the option for people to help you and then think that you can do it yourself or you choose to make enemy of people you think disadvantaging you where uh, they don't mean that way so i think first you need to be very clear with what you think yeah and then sometimes it's not about getting stuck sometimes it's about uh, um, not seeing the other options that you have great and it's also something that most people um you know they put limitations on themselves before they even want to start um, doing something perhaps now i want to ask you um about more a little bit deeper about mentoring how do you choose the right mentor or or specifically let's say you are looking let's say you are up and coming right uh, let's put you put yourself on the 12 years ago of you up and coming and you see this person and you're saying okay this person can help me a lot i would like to learn more from this person but i don't know i mean perhaps you are shy or or, or something but something deep down once uh you know that this person will help you mm. right mm. how do you approach this person yeah um well i have i've never approached a person and asked them to be my mentor um however um choosing a mentor as, as you said is something that is organic that's number one your first you need to find you need to find the same why so i always go back to the why uh, and then why in this case is uh, your purpose in life so um something that is within your character that is aligned with their character for example um i believe that nothing is impossible as long as you give it a try so then um in the course of my life all of my mentors have the same mindset i don't choose them we just became in sync because then we when we work together uh, either i work for them as their direct report or i work with them in projects then we discuss things the same way we ask the same questions to solve the same problems or we come up with the similar approaches or they come up with that approach that i felt very comfortable with and most of the time these guys would be the people who gave you the most harsh comments or the most deep critics in your work life that affects you the most that you would hate that person in that instant but then remember their feedback forever and that's how i know that that person is a good mentor for my growth because a good mentor doesn't always say good job a good mentor would say that you are really really out of character today <laughs> you know they 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 don't have they don't have any shyness in being candid and being honest to you but they meant well and then they do it in a way that you would have to grow out of the the mistake so my mentors would be someone who make a big impact on me not only on the good days but also in the darkest days
yeah uh, not not only when i did great but when i screw up they would be there to show me firsthand that i screw up and i should not be repeating this screw up ever again because it's not good for me it's not good for other people and they're not shy about saying that to my face so i respect that it's very candid there is no walking around the bush in terms of giving that feedback they just like go ahead and dive in so uh, all my mentors uh, uh, are like that and basically i believe in those approach and then i actually mirror first i mirror what they did and i felt comfortable when i mirror and then i grow my own my own work character afterwards by not doing exactly like that but i became me uh, which is a better version of me because of their presence in my life so first of all is character when you are in sync with someone else's character you feel comfortable working with them or talking to them or listening to them even in the most screw up days of your days then they are your mentor because you trust them to give you feedback they are your mentor so trust first perfect the thing about this mentorship thing it's oftentimes people don't uh, they are not able to i guess distinguish the, the difference between mentor and a coach right mentor yeah. and coach is completely different thing i always tell people that a coach sometimes a coach you you choose a coach you choose who you want to work with but mentor sometimes it just comes naturally uh, apart uh, some let's say you're doing something or you met someone and then this person gives you the best insight and then you start to okay okay i, I want to hang out more with this person and learn more about this uh, with this person and he or she became your mentor however a coach is different a coach is more like you choose this person to coach you to coach you and there might be some transactions in between they might they might be not right but more more often than not yes it is right so let, uh, the questions that i want to ask you is in your opinion which is more i don't want to say more valuable but which is more essential having a mentor or having a coach or both depends on the the level of your personal growth so um in your earlier days you might benefit from uh, the presence of a coach because a coach would give you the how to a coach will make sure you are provided with structure they will coach you step one two three go back evaluate step four five six go back evaluate go to the next level step one two three so you know a coach would be with you all the way they will make sure that you learn there is a structure of your learning there is tips there is things that you need to evaluate there are tools provided for you by this coach in your earlier days you need a coach or not earlier days when you are completely thrown into a new environment i think a coach would be beneficial 
like uh, you change your your life 360 when you work for your current company from your previous company right um, the presence of a coach who guide you through what is the nature of this business how do you communicate what is the culture of uh, uh, people here how do you reward people would be very important for you it's like a playbook so a coach would provide you with playbooks on how to survive but then at certain level when you have this proficiency this basic proficiency then you would need mentoring more than a coach because you know the how to's you know how to swim and not sink but then you need to swim faster or you need to swim uh, in a way that is more beneficial for your company you need to make sure that instead of swimming in the swimming pool you can swim on a lake or an ocean so then you don't really need the how to's you need the why you need the big picture you need the inspiration and mentors provide inspiration they will not have your one-on-one -on -one session and then telling you exactly how to do things because they will tell you options like look this is how i did it in the past this is what you are looking at this is your current landscape what do you think you will do mentors will ask questions coach will tell you what to do so it depends on where you are in your life you would need both uh, depending on the, the the circumstances of your career or professional life or your personal life that will that will clear up a lot of uh, you know um, some uh, confusion between mentoring and coaching and i think it will help a lot of people also to figure out what you need at that moment that suits you best yeah yeah right. exactly it's a, it's situational it's, remember it's situational now the last question that i want to ask you is about hra um, if someone uh, perhaps that um, they are an HR professional but they are not in hospitality are they can they uh, also be part of the uh, the associations uh, if yes how does it work and and uh, care to share more yes sure um we we grow organically um, in the past it was only hotel HR people and in the first, it was only the director of HR, the gods, the, the know-it-all gods, the people who knows everything. Then we wanted to have more colors in, in, in the way we interact with each other. So um, then we invite people who are not working in hotels and we invite those who have less years of service. Yeah, I don't want to say junior because there is no junior senior right now. Everybody's in equal competencies, uh, but they just have less years in service. So then now our association not only uh, consists of the, uh, the people from different years of experiences, the different spectrum, but also from different industries. We have hotels, we have restaurants, HR, we have destination, HR, travel agencies, hospitals. Uh, we have HR person from education uh, 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 establishment, from NGOs as well. Um, at the moment, 95% of us uh, uh, resides and work 
based in Bali, in the island of Bali, Indonesia. Um, but never say never, never say that we're not going to grow. We are up for uh, meeting new people, uh, expanding our horizon. So anyone who are interested in uh, talking about HR and then developing uh, uh, your own competencies and skill set are welcome to be part of the community. Great. So for those of you listening, if you are HR uh, professionals or you are considering to be an HR professional, this is the perfect community for you as you can see, uh, you can already see and you listen already uh, how she helps a lot, right? She, she shares like just like that, right? Things that uh, perhaps you have to pay a lot of money um, to to learn, but you get all this for free uh, through her sharing, right? And I very firmly believe that HR Association of Bali it's it's really good because uh, I've you know I I work directly with them uh, at GoWork and looking at their training is very structured. And I'm, I'm, and everybody always come up with a smiley face. So, you know, if you if you go to a class and then you come out from the class and you are smiling, it means that it's a good class. Most often than not, the the people are looking like you know frowny and and it's like lifeless. Mm-hmm. But this is full of figure. So I I I think it's great. Um, it's a great community. If they want to learn more, where should they uh, reach out or how should they reach out? Well, you can uh, you can follow us on Instagram because um, we are more about about the the now uh, uh, com- communication. So our Instagram is hra underscore bali b a l i. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook for a different generation. You prefer Facebook, then you can find us on as well hra underscore bali. B-I-L-I, uh, or you can email us to uh, our email address, which is bali.hra at gmail.com. So that's really easy, right? Great. And I will put all those uh, information also in the description down below so that you can reach out. If you if people would like to reach out to you personally, how how is that? Uh, how, how would you that go? Can Yes, you can direct message me to my Instagram. So it's at Firmigia. So you will help writing that down. V-I-R-M-I-G-I-A. Um, and also you can email me uh, on my personal email address, vira.mambu uh, at gmail.com. So I think Ping, you can help translate that into words. Yes, I will do that as well so uh what what's next what's the big big thing upcoming for for hr association of bali well we are planning this big thing this is a dream but you gotta start with the dreams so we are going to create a virtual hookup for uh hr community in the whole indonesia especially in hospitality because um we see the need to be part of a bigger community uh, that right now is uh, in hospitality industry is still a little bit um, not there yet, whereby we are a beast of 
uh, engagement. So the next thing that we would like to do is to organize a virtual hookup, a fire chat, a hearty discussion of all the HR people throughout Indonesia, especially those who are actively working or being part of the hospitality HR community. So we would like to go and make more friends. Not so far in the future, we still have you to come to us. Looking forward to that. So now final question is that when we first get to know each other is your course about HR Academy, right? You mentioned about it earlier. Uh, you started HR Academy in 2017. Uh, what is HRA, uh, HR Academy about? And if people would like to, or what is upcoming? Do you have a, a, the next batch? Um, so HR Academy is basically... Um, a session, a series of learning sessions in a fun and engaging way. The focus is not about learning the theory of HR because the participants would be people who have the experiences of doing the job. So what we are offering in HR Academy is lifetime experiences, engagement, and also case studies and problem-solving situations shared by the mentors uh, and also shared by the participants to each other in the classroom. We value uh, confidentiality because a lot of the things that we share in HR are practically things that is internal company and therefore we want to make sure that you know we respect the company's privacy by not sharing things that are not supposed to be shared rather than the experience and how you handle certain things. So being part of the HR Academy means you get the opportunity to meet with people who are on the job, who has been doing the job, who are still actively working on the job, and who are willing to share with you how to translate the theories or the labor laws that is applicable to the actual world because there is no school in between. You cannot learn uh, theory and practical at one space. You learn the theory at one place, maybe at school, maybe at uni, uh, maybe at certain courses that teaches you uh, how, to, how to calculate payroll, how to uh, uh, memorize the labor laws. But then when things happen on the floor, it doesn't always be black and white. So that's what we offer in HR Academy. The opportunity to meet, the opportunity to have mentors of a lifetime options in this session. So there will be uh, 14 sessions, 14 meetings of half days yeah, uh, throughout this, the period of three and a half months. And in those sessions, you would meet at least one or three mentors who would guide the sessions. And again, we're not providing answers because mentors provide you with questions. We would remind you of the basic things, but then we would give you the case studies and we would challenge you to solve it together with us so that's the academy's uh, values i think the value of having the option to to meet with your future mentor if they are your mentor or the opportunity to purely network and gain more experiences from each other so if uh, people wants to join then they would need to tune into our instagram and facebook because we will open registration from the social media platforms 
So thank you so much again for listening and looking forward to speak with you again on the next one. Cheers. Bye-bye.